Hello, everybody. This is the Friendly Bear Podcast, where we interview some of the best and brightest traders in the trading community. Listen to inspiring stories and nuggets of insight from current and future game changers in the trading space. Listen and learn as we explore all types of trading niches with some of the best in the industry from a Friendly Bear point of view. Make sure to check out the Friendly Bear Podcast new YouTube channel called Friendly Bear Research, which includes all the podcast video content and supplemental screen shares. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider leaving a five-star review on iTunes. With that being said, I'm your host, David, a.k.a. Reverse Long, and this is the Friendly Bear Podcast. Let's dive in. What's up, guys? This is David, a.k.a. Reverse Long, and I'm over here again with Criminal, Criminal Trading. And uh, he, Criminal is um, someone in the Friendly Bear Discord. He's in the trade floor. He's done all the requirements to, to have access to the trade floor, and he is one of the analysts in the trade floor, really growing as a trader, executing trades all the time, and uh, really meticulous process and yeah good job so far criminal um but yeah so we decided to do these book reviews criminal is a uh avid book reader and you know he loves reading books i'm like okay i got a lot of books for you to read because i like books too and i've done a lot of book reviews in the past and um i think it's great man and uh so the next one we had in line by the way we've done a few of these criminal has a nice website this is called criminaltrading.com. Criminal with the K and an I before the mm-hmm. L. He doesn't like, you know what I mean? He's a, he's that guy. Um, so <laughs> it was a gamer tag when I used to, it, when used to play games. <laughs> nice. Well, you, the, the website has done really well. He's really good with AI and stuff. So anyway, um, I have interviewed. What was great about this one? So we've done a few book reviews, and we got a we got a whole bunch more to do. I'm, I'm really I'm really glad that I have like a book uh book buddy now. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I get I got all these books and I got like we can go over them again um on audio and physical and everything. But anyways, Beyond Greed and Fear is a book. Uh it was recommended to me when I was in the Tim Sykes Challenge many years ago. Um Tim had like a a, a DVD called Tim Raw and uh he goes over book you know it's crazy because back then he would do like lambos and throw my rolex watch in the crowd and all this crazy stuff but when you when you were in the in the challenge he actually had serious stuff in there and like one of them was a dvd of tim raw and he had he would just he went he had a whole stack of books and we'll go through them and that's why i got started and then one of them was this classic one beyond greed and fear and um by Hirsch Sheffrin. So Hirsch Sheffrin is Dr. Dr. Hirsch Sheffrin. And I, I read the book. Also, um, I remember watching Jack Schwarzy. I interviewed him also on my podcast. When he crossed like a million bucks, Sykes went to go visit him in St. Louis or something because Jack went to like get his master's in quantitative finance. And so anyways, Tim went over there to visit him and, Jack, and, and Tim's like, what are you reading? And Jack said, oh, I'm reading this book. I found it in Tim Raw. And then he's like, oh, nice job. So I was like, at that point, I was like, I need to read this book. Because at that time, I saw Jack Schwarzy's growth grow from like, I've seen him be below 100K when I was really active in that chat room, Tim's, to growing exponential to 400 to a million. And I was like, I need to read this book. And also like Jack is a is a friend of mine. And I used, we, we, we talked a lot. And I was like, I need to, he's doing it. I got to do it too. And um so I ordered the book as soon as I saw that. And then uh, I read like half of it. 
and I invited, that's when I started the podcast and I interviewed Jack Schwarzy. And then um, I did a couple book reviews. This is when I was in Puerto Rico. And then finally, uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going to reach out to Dr. Hirsch Shefferin that wrote Beyond Greed and Fear. And he's now like, I'm more than halfway through the book. It's a big book, man. It's like, I don't feel like 500 pages. And um, I invited Dr. Hirsch Shefferin on the podcast. And this is uh when I was in in Guatemala. I was in Guatemala, uh, visiting the um, the Tikal, you know, the those big pyramids over there. And I had a then her chef friend responded. I didn't expect a response and uh, that fast. And then he we did a podcast an hour long. He's actually in Santa Barbara. He's a professor over there, and he's not a trader at all, but he understands behavioral finance. So there's another topic of behavioral finance that um was introduced to me for the most part introduced i kind of was aware of it but uh when i was in puerto rico as well like just talking about trading all the time all the time there was a trader next to me that was like really intrigued by behavioral finance and like this is a fascinating topic anyways when i when i was speaking when dr hersh dr hersh sheffern came on the podcast um that was one of the ones that really no one watched <laughs> but like i got a lot out of it you know it's like i'm the one getting the most out of the podcast yeah there's 50 views in the early on, 25 views, 100 views, 75 views. I did not care. I knew I'm getting this knowledge. And I and guess what? I was proven right. for my. I proved myself right. It just snowballed, improving 1% a day. And then, you know, and then I, I'm, I'm at the, you know, it's it's helped my trading tremendously and helped me to make a lot of money. So, um, yeah, this is, books are, the, this is really good beyond greed and fear because like, there's, you know, the charts are human emotions being drawn out. The patterns are all human emotion. I did a podcast yesterday with Mighty Stocks, the long trader. He looks for when the shorts are panicking, when he he senses it like blood in the water. When the when the stock is reaching the, the, the previous high of day and the shorts are about to get squeezed out. That is like what we're talking about here. That's like the fear moment. And the, when the greed, greed and fear, you know, when the buyers are in control, when the sellers are in control, is it oh, when it's over VWAP, this, this, the buyers are in control, when it's under, so it's like you've got to be able to understand behavioral finance, what, what the people are feeling. Um, but anyway, let's get into this podcast because we're going to make it very a very short one. Mm-hmm. So first, Criminal, what did you think overall of the book and uh, in, a, in a quick summary? Uh, well, I mean, this is definitely a deep book. Like. Uh kind of like a slow read kind of book where I couldn't like I would read one chapter and then kind of have to go back and like skim through and really get a grasp of what I just read. But it's basically just um, summarizes all like the human errors that are in the market. It's like all these markets, um, they call it traditional finance. Markets are all moving like efficiently, but there's so many different traits from so many different humans out there causing um basically errors that cause the markets to move in certain ways um so all this this book is looking into what's causing all these mistakes from people um and how other people's errors can affect your judgment on it uh so the book i mean it was like maybe 20 chapters but the first three chapters he breaks down the three themes of the book and that's kind of what i broke broke down here in this uh summary i wrote out um awesome yeah, well, nice, nice breakdown right there. Let's get into it. Okay, so beyond greed, I love the way you're doing this website. What a great way to learn, by the way. It's like uh, I, I learned so much. Uh, I learned so much more from 
these books that we because I I would always highlight in my books, but but highlight just because when I'm reading, I'm like, oh, that was pretty good. So I'd highlight it and then I never see it again. But now when I do it, I'm highlighting it and then actually writing it out. I'm learning like five times more from a book than I was from just reading it. Um, so the very first one, I, I wrote all these notes out just for myself. And that's when I was like, man, somebody else could really benefit just from reading my notes on this book from the amount of time I put into these notes. Um, and then you and me both going over them. I, I learning even more. Yeah, this is awesome, man. I'm so glad you're doing it. So, um, and there's a record of it now. We can go back to it. So mm-hmm. awesome. Okay. So <laughs> understanding behavioral finance and psychology of investing. Okay, so how do you want to start this one out? Um, so the, I mean, the first like twenty five percent of this is all just introduction about the book that we we can mostly just skip over. Um, but right there, that top quote, like in the uh, yeah, right there, that quote, I I grabbed that out of uh listening to your podcast with her Sheffrin. Um, that kind of fits into the introduction right there. So yeah, so it's the, the quote is our understanding of behavioral finance has expanded much beyond just greed and fear. Chris Schifrin, Friendly Bear Podcast interview. By the way, rare interview. He's not out that much. Yeah, I couldn't find. There was one other short, really bad quality. That's why interview. he was happy to come on. I was like, man, I'm a nobody at the time. I'm and yeah. with his Rinky Dink podcast. I'm in Guatemala. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like, the only good quality interview I could find of him. There's there are yeah. other interviews, but I they're like invite him. I got to invite him again. Yeah, haven't haven't watched this. Oh, then... actually, I might do it in person. I just go over there to Santa to Santa Barbara. It's not that far. Yeah, tell, tell him to look at read or uh, watch our summary of his book. Yeah, and he's gonna like it because he's he's a professor. He likes to read. You know, he's right. <laughs> he's gonna love it. So, um, okay, who is this yeah. book written for? Yeah, basically anyone in finance. Yeah. Um. Do you know what year this came out? It must have uh, came out a lot. It, it wasn't. The I think. I think it was the year 2000 it came out. Um, yeah, 2000. Two important yeah. facts that psychologists have recently discovered. Number one, the primary emotions that determine risk-taking behavior are not greed and fear, but are hope and fear. Two, although the er- to err is human, financial practitioners of all types make the same mistakes, and they make them repeatedly. The goal of the book is to help recognize your own mistakes as well as mistakes from others. Understand the reasons behind these mistakes. Learn how to avoid these mistakes. Great, man. Okay, so hope and fear. What do you think? He says the, the risk-taking behavior is not greed and fear, but hope and fear. Yeah, well, and and when I wrote that, I was thinking. So I just I was before the podcast we were talking. I I took my first max loss this week, and first time in like three months. It it really isn't that bad. But I remember when I was in the trade, I was. I had that feeling like, all right, I'm in the trade. I'm down. I'm basically hoping that it's coming down now. And that feeling of just hope. I mean, yeah. my it's hope of it coming down hope. was more than my fear of it not. See, so, so you're I mean, catching that now. Like the trick is when, the, when it's happening to catch that. Like what uh-huh. is going on right now? Like with myself. Oh, uh, is this a, according to plan or is this, a, is this a hope situation? Yeah. And that's what's weird when you're when you're reading this book. I read about twice a day and then I'm trading in between that time. And as I'm trading, I'm like, shit, this is exactly what I was reading about. I'm doing what I shouldn't be doing right now. Um, See, that's, that's the beauty about like reading books as you, you know, going about like screen time and stuff, you can apply. It's it's crazy. You, you can almost apply it right away. But then uh-huh. when, when you finish the book, you kind of move away from that, you know, yeah. but um, because, you know, now it just becomes about the takeaways from the book. 
But as mm-hmm. you're reading it and doing screen time, now you're um I think that's how you internalize it, man. So yeah. Uh, one one little takeaway out of spending 20 hours reading a book, if I can come away with one really good sentence out of that book, it was worth it. Do you keep that forever? Which one? Uh like if 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 you spend 20 hours reading a book and and you learn just one little nugget yeah, of yeah, 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 you keep that That forever. made that put all those hours worth it. You own it. Yeah. Yeah. And with trading, that could mean a, a life-saving amount of money uh, to avoid, you know, a potential disaster or to capitalize on, on something you just learned. So mm-hmm. either way, it's a win-win. Um, okay. There's a three main themes of the book right there. Three main themes. Heuristic-driven bias, frame dependence, and inefficient markets. Yeah. So, so those three themes right there, the entire book is basically just showing those three themes from different points of view which if anybody has a chance to read this book at least read the first five chapters and then every chapter after that is like a different part of finance and how it relates to those like there's a section a chapter just for options trading and how options trading um falls into those three themes gotcha so heuristic so what do you what would you say this one is um that's just when you learn that they call it like rule, a rule of thumb is called a heuristic. It's something you learn through trial and error. But um, it's yeah, it's stuff that you find out for yourselves. But then you use that information, although it's not very reliable, but you start to use that in your daily trading. So they rely on heuristics, rules of thumb to draw inferences from the information at their disposal. People are susceptible to particular errors because heuristics they use are imperfect and people are people actually commit errors in practical particular situations common heuristic biases include availability bias so these are like high level concepts but basically yeah. what it comes down to is uh is very simple concepts but what do you what, how would you summarize that heuristic the takeaway from that yeah, it's I mean, it's hard in a in a very short podcast. You can almost spend the whole time going into just one like availability bias. So availability bias is you uh, stuff that comes to mind. Like when if we compare this to trading, like stuff that comes to mind while you're trading is going to affect you can have a bias on something like if you're in a specific stock and something comes to mind about that stock that happened recently, that's going to affect the way you you interact with that specific trade. Gotcha. And then availability bias. Yeah. So that's availability bias. Um, Memorable, but unlike making decisions on memorable, but unlikely events. Buying stocks that have recently been in the news or friends have been discussing regarding the fundamentals, the ease of recalling the stock makes it price fixing more promising. Yeah, it's a lot of like newbies uh, or uh-huh. people, just, just uh, you know, regular people. that are. Yeah, you just hear stocks. someone talking about it. So it yeah. comes to mind. And now you think since you're hearing about this stock it's it's going to do a lot more than it really is so in 2020 and 2021 people got rewarded for that they all mm-hmm. felt, <laughs> yeah to game stop and amc yeah <laughs> and they still so like it's that's not happening anymore so like when people still hear GameStop stop and amc they still kind of they can recall it um yeah, memorable but unlikely events. So it's like that's not those those gamma squeezes are not happening. So when you see the, those idiots on Twitter be like, "Yo, Infinity Squeeze," it's uh-huh. like AMC, but it's like it's it's a uh, it's uh, those are unlikely events any anymore. It's not. I don't know. I'm trying to relate it. 
to something because like those those events are not they're unlikely to ever happen again. Mm-hmm. So. You can go down past that with the gambler's fallacy. That's one. Uh, that's hard to read on your screen. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So there's an important one. Okay. So if five tosses of a fair coin would all turn out to be heads, what is the probability that the six toss would be tails? If the if the coin is fair, the correct answer is one half. Yet many people have a mental picture that when a fair coin is tossed a few times in a row, the resulting patterns pattern will feature about the same number of head as tails. In other words, a representative pattern features about the same number of head heads and tails. So after a run of five heads, people tend to predict tails on the sixth toss because of the represent, representativeness heuristic from their perspective. A tail is due. Yeah, so th- this whole thing of... um. Never, I've heard of uh, before trading like never bet the due. You know, it's like something's never just gonna be due. Like uh-huh. you know, this stock is due to to bounce, or this stock is due. Yeah. You know, when so. I was writing that, so I took that right out of the book. But I was thinking about like when people are shorting something and it's up so high, they think, all right, it's up, it's up too high now. It has to come down. So now I have to get in it. Then Not it even thinking, no, nothing else even crosses their mind. There's just it's up too high, so now it has to come down. BMR, or I mean, you name name your thousand percent squeezer. Pick, uh-huh. pick you know. Yeah, somebody wakes up and they see it up a thousand percent. They're like, all right, I have to hurry up and short this because it's up too high. It, so they, recently, we've seen them up like a hundred percent, and people are like, uh, a lot of the system traders are like, oh, 100, 100, a gang of system traders. I heard this from multiple system traders. Bro, the stats on a hundred percent gappers are sick. <laughs> They'll fade like. They have a ninety percent chance of fading, or whatever the fuck it is, and it, but then it's like that small percentage that doesn't fade, it goes to a thousand percent, thousand five hundred percent. So you, if you hold, you know, if you're a slot, and it goes there so fast, like you don't have time to get out. Like it's like, <laughs> you know. So um, that's a gambler's. I mean, that's one way to look at it. It's like it's do like it's it's up so much, it's got to come down. You know, it's like nothing's got to do anything. It's all a case. Because the, the outliers can ruin you. Uh-huh. So you got to, you know, it's being aware of that. I think a lot of the new traders, they, they fall into this because they haven't seen enough yet. They, ha- they haven't seen it like, oh, my God, it can't do this. It's such a bad company. This is up so much. The news is bogus. And then it's like it goes higher and higher and higher. And then it's like they tap out and it's too late, you know. Mm-hmm. So. That's why, you know, getting experience in the game is, is uh, very important. So you got to see, you got to see what, what, what's possible and all the crazy shit that happens day in, day out. Just like BMR the other day went, like, did a 500% squeeze in like in a period of 10 minutes or something. Relentless squeeze. Um, and it's like, you got to see that because like that is what's possible. You know, it's stocks can make a move like that. And, you know, and the news doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be justified at all. So, you know, so you gotta, you just always gotta be in defense, you know, playing these things kind of like with awareness and de- a sense of defensiveness too, because if not, you're going to get run over by the, by the outlier. It's going to be too. Yeah. And with, with this book, he, he talks about how other people's errors can have really affect the outcomes that you have. And with gamblers fallacy, so many people, so many shorts are jumping into that just. And then they blow up, and it's causing others to blow up. Yeah, it's it's a domino effect. So mm-hmm. I got to get going soon. Um, I have an appointment. Yeah, go down. Uh, where 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 should we? That 
that loss aversion one, I, that other pink one right there. All right. I thought here. that was kind of cool. That's because there's so many good examples in this book that I couldn't, I, I had to just take the shortest ones just to fit them on here. Yeah. That uh, book is, 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 is so has a, uh, it's a gold mine, but it is, uh, it's quite an exhausting read. Yeah. Um, huge but, book. I'm surprised if you read it, like the whole, it took me a while. It took me a while to get it done. I mean, it was, so it was a month you, maybe, but, um, but yeah, no, nice. Okay. So this is, um, loss aversion. Suppose yeah. So this face, I want to read it first. So check it out. Okay. So suppose you face a choice between one, accepting a sure loss of 7,500 or two, taking a chance where there is a 75% chance you will lose 10,000 and a 25% chance you will lose nothing. The expected loss in both choices is 7,500. Would you choose to take the guaranteed loss or take a chance? Most people opt out for the, opt for the latter. Why? Because they hate to lose and the uncertain choice holds the hope they won't have to lose. Kahnemany and Tversky call this phenomenon loss aversion. They find that a loss has about two and a half times the impact of a gain of the significant same magnitude. So yeah, um, you, you definitely, feel your losses more than the wins mm-hmm. so they came well, up with two and a half times more um yeah so i guess they, they came up with that but um but but yeah it's uh i had a friend when i was uh starting to get profitable i invited him to come see me trade and he's like bro hey, this is 2020 and everybody's making money and i'm making a little money compared to all everybody else everybody else is banking mm-hmm. and i just started to get profitable and he's like bro I have, bro, I'm a trader too, bro. I'm so glad you're trading. We're both trading. This is sick. And he's like, yeah, what I do, bro, like, check it out. What I do is I just, I, I buy, but I never sell for a loss. I'll just wait till it comes back. And they always come back. <laughs> and sometimes yeah. it takes longer than other times, but they always come back. And he's like, but I never take a loss. Now, he was so confident. He looked at me directly in the eye. He's like, bro, I just never take a loss. And I looked at him. I was like, holy shit. This is a. <laughs> That's probably good until you're. Until you're until yeah. You're I, but I was like, in my head, I'm like, this is a bag holder. This is what a bag holder looks like. This is the emoji of a bag holder. So. Uh, <laughs> so because like he he's think about it, he buys. He chases the stock up. <laughs> he buys. He buys on his Robinhood account. And then uh, the stock comes down and he just holds it until it comes back to the same level that he bought. And he exits with a break-even trade uh, six months later. (laughs) You know, so this is a bag holder. This is why we short. Well, I don't know about shorting bag holding charts now, but like it worked for such a long time because of this behavior. And this is behavioral finance. My my guy is is the is the guy that doesn't want to take a loss. <laughs> yeah, look at the very next paragraph. It, it those guys call it get get evenitis. Get evenitis. Yeah, the tendency <laughs> to sell winning investments too soon while holding. Oh, by the way, when the stock would come back, he would sell for break even, but sometimes yeah. it would keep going. So yeah. Um, yeah, he was he was gone. He was in pain. He was in pain this whole time. Okay, so. The tendency to sell winning investments too soon while holding on to losing positions for too long is driven by loss aversion. While hoping to break even, traders often incur greater losses at the price of the asset continues to go against the trader. Get even tight. This also affects corporate executives' ability to terminate losing projects. Yeah, this is like in business. They don't want to terminate the losing project or something. That's uh-huh. like, it's, it's, it shows all the signs. That's why you see all these stocks that are like going bankrupt. It took them so long to go bankrupt. Why not just... 
bro, this thing deserved to go bankrupt years ago. So, um, yeah. Anyways, that's a good, that, that's a really good one. Um, yeah. well, I mean, how should we finish this one? Regret. I mean, the rest, the, the rest of them, I mean, any of them, we could dive into it for a long time. We could just end it there. Um, I don't know what yeah. I have down at the very bottom. Um, really good stuff. I mean, maybe just read the summary, I guess. I, I don't remember what I wrote for that. Summary. Yeah. Okay, great. Summary for of behavioral finance. This is not a behavioral finance for dummies book. Sheffer. I think he said that on the podcast. Too. I, I think that is from your podcast. He says, <laughs> I'll, I'll add that on there. <laughs> I think he said, I remember him saying that. Um, behavioral finance is a study of how psychological biases and emotions influence traders and investors' financial decisions. It shows that humans often act irrationally when making choices involving money. For example, over trading, refusing to sell losers, or panicking during market drops. If traders understand the intimate subjective biases, they can create systems and processes that guard against emotion-driven mistakes. Behavioral finance provides the mental models for traders to improve discipline, avoid biases, manage risk behavior, and ultimately make more rational financial choices that translate to the P&L. Awesome, man. Well, we'll end it right there. Criminal, great job with yeah. this. Go check out Criminal Trading's website. Um, has a, all the book reviews. And the next one we're gonna doing gonna be doing is uh. That that one of um J Capital Research that you ordered hasn't come in yet, right? No, that's so crazy that you got it already because it's even on Amazon. It says it, it's not um it's not even out until like April first. Okay, yeah, it's uh that one looks really cool, like a fun I, read, by the way. I definitely want to read that um, one as soon as I get it. Yeah, and then uh, but in the meantime, Mighty Stocks recommended Trade the Trader yesterday. It's actually I went to look it up. It's a, it's a rare book, and um, they don't make many in print. So they, but they have an ebook, and uh, I think this is a good one because like he understands. When we saw that podcast, you were, I think you saw it already. He understands mm-hmm. the other side of the, of the, of the, the, tr- the trade. Mm-hmm. He's like, you, you don't, you don't print money. The market, you don't print money out of, out of thin air. You're taking it from someone else. So like, you got to understand what you're up against. And trade the trader is a book that dives into that. I think it's important to 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 read that one so um it's it's effective it it definitely helped him out a lot to see Mm -hmm. that clearly so um that's going to be our next one trade the trader i'm excited for it um and yeah anyways criminal i'll see you tomorrow in the chat and uh yeah awesome good work Uh, sweet thanks a lot man i'll see you that concludes today's episode make sure to like and subscribe to the channel on the platform you use The Friendly Bear Podcast is hosted by me, David, where you can find me on Twitter at reverse underscore long. You can find The Friendly Bear Podcast at www.thefriendlybearpodcast.com, as well as on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, Amazon Music, and now on YouTube at Friendly Bear Research. Until next time, thank you for listening to The Friendly Bear Podcast.